Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are remembering the great and now late Kenny Plain, who has passed away at the age of 88. Bob Irving spent a lot of time working with Plain after his playing career was done. He joins us with memories of Kenny, as well as Sam Vint, local filmmaker who put together the Ken Plain Way. Uh, in 2016, that came out about the life and times of Ken Plain. That's all coming up on the podcast. And Plain, if he can get away, we'll go for it. He's into the end zone for a touchdown and a sensational one by Kenny Plain. Kenny Plain winning the 1961 Great Cup for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the news today that the Bomber Great has passed away at the age of 88 as we are joined on the line by Bob Irving, the longtime voice of the Blue Bombers. I was, you know, too young to watch Kenny play and play football, Bob. Um, and I, I know a lot of our, our listeners have memories of him or, or maybe they haven't seen him play either. But what was it like to deal with Kenny Plain after his playing career when you got here, uh, just you got here pretty much right after, not long after it ended, right? Well, I got here in the fall of 73, Christian and Kenny played from 57 to 67 for the Blue Bombers. Of course, he uh, is viewed, was viewed then, still is viewed as football royalty in the cities and the Bomber Ring of Honor. He's in all kinds of halls of fame. And as a kid growing up in Regina, <clears throat> being a big uh, follower of the CFL, I was very aware of Kenny Plain and Leo Lewis and this bomber juggernaut down the highway from where I lived. And then, uh, lo and behold, in 73, I wind up at CJOB, and I'd been here about a month, I guess, and I was thrown into a booth with Kenny and Mitch Selnoski. We did a pre- and post-game show, and then shortly thereafter, we got the broadcast rights back, and I was doing the games, and Kenny was one of my color guys. And I often say... Kenny didn't work with me. I worked with Kenny. <laughs> but nobody could have been more welcoming than Ken Plain. And you talk about a quiet superstar or a humble legend. That's exactly what he was. And I have to tell you, and I've said this many times, it was a little intimidated for, intimidating for me as a 23-year-old to come to CJOB and be surrounded by broadcast legends and then this football legend in Kenny Plain and, and be working with them arm in arm. And you kind of wondered what kind of welcome you'd get and just, you know, what kind of people are they? Well, it became clear very quickly that Kenny Plain was not just a great football player. He was a wonderful human being because he and his wife, Jan, welcomed me and my wife, Day, with open arms. They took us under their wing. We'll never forget that. They were so kind and so generous to us. It was a, such a special time in our lives, and Kenny and his family were a big part of that. So, my memories go back to that sort of thing. I do remember him as a player, of course. He was a great player. Uh, you know, he's a quarterback. Geez, he played defensive halfback one year, Christian, and had 10 interceptions. Uh, that's how versatile he was. And, you know, they didn't throw the ball a lot when Ken played, but he could throw it. He could run it. He was just a terrific athlete. Uh, led Iowa State to the Rose Bowl in 1957 and then played in the Grey Cup that same year. And it's often been said he's probably the only player who played in a Rose Bowl in the Grey Cup in the same year. So, yeah, what a legacy as a player and as a resident of Winnipeg because he stayed here after his playing days. He settled into the community. He was always available. And, uh, yeah, wonderful memories about KP, as we called him. I rarely called him Kenny. It was always KP. So 
let's go to the playing days because this era of the Blue Bombers that won four Grey Cups in five years with playing at the helm, yeah. uh, that until this last little burst, and what, they've only won two recently, but they've made the last four. I mean, this this is a time that is viewed as a golden era in Blue Bomber football. Was, was that the golden era of Blue Bomber football? Oh, for sure. There's been uh, nothing like it, and I know what's gone on here the last four years is, is kind of cozying up to it. Christian, uh, the Bombers in that plane era went to six Grey Cup games, won four of them over a period of, I think, seven years. Uh, But that's the era that you have to look back at is the the golden era. Bud Grant was the coach. Tons of great players, Kenny and Leo Lewis. And, you know, there's just a list of them who are in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So that, I think, uh, certainly still is the golden era of Blue Bomber football. I think if the Bombers, these current Bombers, get to what, the next two Grey Cup games, uh, they could then put themselves up pretty close alongside uh, that Ken Plain, Bud Grant era. But for now, they're still uh, they're still number one. And Kenny was one of the guys who led the way. He was just uh, he was a great teammate. I think Christian more than anything else. You talk, and I've talked many times over the years to the players that he played with, and there aren't many of them left. Uh, but they all talked about what a great teammate he was and how unselfish he was. Uh, and that was really the identity of those Bud Grant teams. They were all just very unselfish guys, and all they cared about was winning. Hey, you look at the stats, and that doesn't paint the full picture because, as you mentioned, passing in the 50s and early 60s is is not what it was now, right? In the 1957 season, his rookie year, he completed 74 passes, 10 yeah. touchdowns, 8 interceptions, Uh, And then that was actually, in his first five seasons, the second most yards he had but because of how different football was then. But in terms of the Bombers' history, this is your opinion. Where does he rank among the greatest quarterbacks the team has ever had? Well, I think he has to be considered the greatest simply because of the fact they won so much. And I know, Christian, you're right about the numbers. Those Bomber teams didn't throw the ball much. You know, they ran the ball a lot. They had Leo Lewis. They had Charlie Shepard. They had Jerry James. They had all these. They had a great offensive line. And the focus for most teams in that era was running the football and passing second. There were a couple of fairly prolific passers, and I think of Jackie Parker, who was a you know a quarterback who threw and ran. He was a real flashy player. Kenny wasn't a flashy player. He was just I would call him deadly efficient. Is what he was. So when you talk about great quarterbacks, quote-unquote, Kenny's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, football player the Bombers have ever had, right? Because one year he did play defensive back. Uh, So I think back, Dieter Brock had a great run as a quarterback here. They didn't win anything with him. uh, But in terms of his pure quarterback skills, he'd be right up there too. And now Zach Kolaris, who hasn't been here very long, but he's had great success too. But I think you'd have to view Kenny through the – you know, through the prism of a football player, not just a quarterback. And he was a great football player. Well, to that point, in 1957, I'm on statscrew.com. He had three interceptions, a kick return, two punt returns. He was 25 of 32 on converts. 
that year. Didn't attempt any field goals, but he also recovered a couple fumbles. He had a receiving touchdown. He had four rushing touchdowns and ten passing touchdowns. That's one. That's the same year he, he they, they won the Rose Bowl, right? It's an that's an incredible statistical resume. And that was his first year uh, in the CFL. Well, it was such a different game back then, as you've pointed out, where players were so versatile, played on both sides of the ball quite often, which Kenny did and did very well. He was drafted by the Cleveland Browns in 57, uh, but he was drafted late because they didn't see his passing skills as being up to what they were looking for. And Bud Grant said, hey, I don't care about his passing skills. I think they're fine, but this guy's a terrific athlete. Plus, he's a winner. You know, he's got that era or aura about him. And Bud Grant talked him into signing in Winnipeg. They outbid teams in the NFL for KP. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So he played some, some great quarterback. He played everywhere, as you just pointed out. Did some kicking. He played defense. He did all the rest of it. And was revered by his teammates because, again, of just the way he went about his business, which was unselfish, no ego, no braggadocio, none of that. He was just Kenny Plain, the deadly efficient football player. So after the 11-year career, as you mentioned, a couple of years later, he was part of the broadcast team here at CJOB. Yeah. I'm sure you saw in that capacity him talking to fans a lot. And I think we learn a lot about people, how they they talk. When they're famous, they talk how they talk to people. I get the sense that Kenny Plain was kind of an everyman in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. He was just as down-to-earth as anybody could be, and that was my first impression of him when I got here. I thought, man, for as famous as this guy is and as big a star he is, he sure doesn't have any, doesn't seem to have any ego. And remember back in the the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Christian, the Canadian Football League was, I mean, it had a sort of a, a measure across the country that was fairly close to, if not equal to, the National Hockey League. The Canadian Football League was a super big deal, and people across the country knew who Kenny was. And so when we traveled to games, I was riding on his coattails. <laughs> you know, people knew him everywhere uh, and treated him like he was like he was special, which he was, but he never acted like he was special if i could say it that way and so and in winnipeg he was always available to attend charitable functions to do whatever was required to help the community in any way kenny always had time for that so yeah he's uh, i've said a number of times as great a football player he was he was probably an even better person family man his wife and three kids and you know they settled in winnipeg lived their lives here and uh, yeah he's uh He's a Winnipegger through and through and someone that will be remembered, really, I think, forever. And I think that that point is what endears people the most to athletes in this yeah. city because of this ball town, quote unquote, nature of it. And the CFL is a little bit different. You look at the NHL when players decide to stay here, that really endears fans to that player. I, I think we've seen that with the Blue Bombers of this era when Andrew Harris signs here, and then the the trickle down effect of the last six or seven years, like Willie Jefferson, Zach Kolaris, when guys decide to stay here, and guys like Adam Big Hill who live here now all the time, to become a Winnipegger, to be decide from the U.S. They come up from the U.S. and say, "This is the place I want to be." That's the ultimate vote of confidence for the city, and and fans understandably can't get enough of that. No, that's true. It's very true. And 
there isn't enough of that in the Canadian Football League anymore, but that's just the way it is. Things were different back in the 50s and 60s. The Bombers back then were such a big part of the community. It's really hard to describe. The city was much smaller then. We didn't have the National Hockey League. They were really it. And, and the players became all part of that, and they were all very generous with their time. They had a guy on the team who delivered milk. For, that was his regular job. He was a milkman. I've forgotten his name. I've drawn a blank on it. He lived in Selkirk, and they talked about him often. Uh, but that's the kind of individual that, among the Canadians who were on the team, and they were just Winnipeg guys, and uh, and the, the public loved them. They were always available to talk to people, sign autographs and all the rest of it. And it was a, it was a special time in this city, uh, not just for the football club, but for the sports fans in this city, because the Bombers were so successful, first and foremost. They had star players and all the rest of it, and they really gave the city of Winnipeg, uh, you know, recognition all across the country. Sec Looning, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Okay, yeah, I just I just looked up uh, Blue Bombers Milkman, and yes, he was nicknamed the Selkirk Milkman. Yes, he was, yeah, Mr. Looning. I'd, I drew a blank on his name, but I've heard... And I never, maybe I did meet him, I can't recall. I, I've heard so many stories about all these guys from Kenny and the guys from that era. Just, uh, I don't know, whenever I think back to those days, and I wasn't here when they played, but just to hear about what went on there, and it, uh, it just warms my heart. that the, the, the fun they must have had and how special it must have been for them to be all part of that. Absolutely. Bob, thanks for coming on the show tonight and sharing your memories of Ken. Okay, Christian, anytime. That is Bob Irving, legendary, longtime play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Knows a lot about football in this city, and glad to have him on the show tonight. Kenny Plain has passed away at the age of 88. If you uh, missed the news earlier tonight, we found out that Blue Bomber great Kenny Plain had passed away at the age of 88. He won four Grey Cups with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, part of a dynastic stretch of the team's history. In 58, 59, 61, and 62, they went to six Grey Cup games in a decade-long span. He's in the CFL or the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the Winnipeg Football Club's Hall of Fame. He's on the team's ring of honor. Uh, a great life lived in a man who spent time with Ken Plain and did a, a documentary about him is Sam Vint, local filmmaker, and he joins us now. Sam, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. How about you? Doing well. Uh, first of all, tell us how it came about that uh, you put together a, a film on the great Kenny Plain. Um, yeah, it's, um, I've actually been thinking about that uh, all day. I, um, I I went to a Bud Spud and uh, a beer a dinner for my my uh, my mother in law's church, which is Fort Gary United, and I almost walked into him with my uh, with my Spud and. Uh, and I couldn't like I sat down. It was like I said to my or my well, my future wife at the time. Uh, I think that's Ken Plain. She's like, oh yeah, he's been going to our church forever. And uh, so I, I met him, and then uh, I and uh, he agreed to let me do a documentary on him. So uh, why did you? Wh- where did the idea come from to to put it together? Is it just because filmmaking is a passion for you, or is it because you, you noticed there was a, a gap in the marketplace? Well, I, I had an opportunity to make something uh, on a for uh, MTS on a local stream, and uh, and I'm a big bomber fan, and I know, and I knew, like, I knew Ken Plain was a great bomber, and I didn't know the specifics really, so I started looking into it, and just you know, one of the most amazing careers of any football player, uh, college and professional, and uh, you know, arguably the greatest CFL player ever. 
So how much time did you spend with Ken putting this together? It's, uh, <laughs> it was, I think I ended up stretching it out because it was just a pleasure, you know, the whole time, every, the whole process, it was just great, you know, as a football fan. And I, I had got to inter, uh, interview Bud Grant and, you know, James Murphy worked on, you know, I interviewed all the greats and watched all the games. And so I think it ended up being about three years, uh, all told. And when you look back now, uh, we've lost Bud Grant and, and now Kenny Plain too. How do you remember that experience of putting that together? Uh, it's, I just, I cherish those memories. I mean, I was just so lucky, you know, to be able to do that. And, you know, like we spent so much, Ken let me go out to his lake and, you know, I met his family and he, you know, the night um, that they opened up IG Field, um, I was filming him and I just, we uh, lost a babysitter. So I had to bring my son uh, with me and he was, I think three at the time and he has uh, spina bifida and he has these, um, these braces that go around his feet and people are always very careful about him and kind of keep their hands off him. And I remember Ken like immediately grabbed him and started wrestling with him and like kind of roughhousing. And it was really quite a moment. And what did you well, people have watched the the film, but what have you? What did you learn about Ken putting that together that you were surprised to learn, if there was anything? Uh, like I, I was surprised at the level of uh, love for him, and uh, like I knew he was cherished, but I, I had no idea. You know, like everywhere, everywhere I went, if I if it came up, people like you know, like there was grandpas that were like reduced to tears, telling me stories about meeting Ken and what a great guy he was. And like, he seemed to have time for everybody, you know? So this movie uh, called the Ken plain way, it's 30 minutes. It debuted a number of years ago. Uh, Is this a film that people can find still? Uh, You know what? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, It (laughs) was on uh, MTS stories from home, uh, but they have changed that to something different now. And, uh, I went to it today and I didn't see it on there. So uh, I did have uh, DVDs for sale at McNally, uh, um, Robinson. I'm not sure if um, if we even have them there. It's been, yeah, I think the film came out in 2016. So it's been a while since. uh, Right. Um, But uh, if there was a way to get it back on, I'm sure people would uh, definitely check it out. Uh, What was the feedback to the film when it was released? Uh, it, It was super. Well, everybody's really happy that a film was made about Ken. And, uh, like, the, you know, he's just so beloved by uh, his teammates and just every, anybody who's come in contact with him. So it just, everything about it was incredibly positive. And we had a screening at the, the Park Theatre one night. And it was, like, he is really something, you know. Like, he, he, he welcomed everybody who came in, you know, had a laugh with everybody. We watched the film. We got up and did a Q&A after. They had him, he had him rolling in the aisles, you know. Him and his wife, Janet, were uh, our spectacular team. Did he resist at all the idea of having a story done about him when you broached the subject initially? I, well, in a way, you know, like uh, if, you, if you've if you ever seen, you know, Ken in an interview or anything, he's got a bit of a oh, shucks quality to him. And he was like, about me, you know, what are you going to talk about? You know, <laughs> and it's like, uh, I think we could figure out a few things. And I think, uh, yeah, like in talking with Roy Rosmus, who wrote the book uh, Quiet Hero about Ken, uh, it's it's the same thing, you know, like you're constantly kind of have to force him to talk about himself and, and things that he did that were positive. 
and that's I think part of what endears him to people here. And and I talked to Bob Irving about this earlier too. It's it's a it's a trait that I think Winnipegers love on top of the fact that this is a guy from Iowa who came up here and never left, right? And yeah. to choose to be in Winnipeg, Americans coming up and choosing to stay here, I think that's the ultimate vote of confidence and and that really endears yourself to a city. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's actually how the film opens, is him at a, a bomber banquet and saying how um, he's never regretted uh, living in Winnipeg and uh, he's proud to be a Winnipegger, you know? So you as a, a as a Blue Bomber fan, did you have to be impartial putting together this project? Oh, no, it's very biased. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very pro-Ken play, for sure. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, mm-hmm. This process of, of learning about history at, at, through your work, what was, it's a very unique thing to be able to do. I, I know most Blue Bomber fans wouldn't, get the chance to sit down with, with Ken Plain and other legends to talk about his life. Right, yeah. uh, do you still have the the raw footage? How does that process work for you now, eight years later? Yeah, I have all, everything from the film um, here. And yeah, it's uh, like the process of making it is fantastic. You know, I watched all the great cups the Bombers ever played in, a bunch of his games. Uh, I, Iowa, the University of Iowa was really generous with footage and learning about like his senior year at Iowa, he was MVP of the Big Ten, <clears throat> MVP of the Rose Bowl, and this really unique. Like his amount of trophies are ridiculous, but he won. Uh, he gets voted by the Notre Dame football team as the uh, uh, the all oppo- all opponent team starting quarterback, and they beat Notre Dame forty five nothing that year, which was unheard of at the time. They had an all opponent team. Yeah, it's really it's good. they put it out every year apparently. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I it, it's incredible the career he had here in Winnipeg at a time when football was so different where the passing game was was not a big deal. Uh, I looked up the stats Ken Plain in his first season, he was he kicked their converts, he had interceptions, yeah. he caught a touchdown, he ran for four, he threw for 10. Just to, and he played, you know, defensive back. He set the club record with 10 picks in a season. It's a truly versatile athlete, wasn't he? He's well. That's I think that's what gives him. You know, it's pretty hard to argue that he's not the best CFL player ever because he played everything and not just played everything, but as you said, like an All Pro at defensive back. You know, he like um, you know he, he started at defensive back as soon as he got here, and uh, and he played everything that we needed him to play, and uh, and then. Yeah, for a while, Jim Van Pelt was here. He's a pretty good quarterback, so Ken played a little more running back, and, and he's a great running back. You know, like I just uh, – Bud Grant, I think, is a fantastic coach, but he's also very lucky to have uh, somebody like Ken playing on his roster. Absolutely. So uh, just to close out here, your what is your lasting memory of Ken playing? Because you didn't get to see him as a player, but you got to spend a lot of time with him in his later years as a person. Um, I think when, we, when I went out to his lake, you know, and you could see he, uh, had his guard down a little bit. It was like the first time I'd seen him with stubble on his face, you know, and, and, uh, just to see him completely at ease out there and how, you know, he worked so hard, uh, for so long and then had that piece of that cottage, which is exactly what he wanted. And he was doing exactly what he wanted. And, uh, yeah, it was as happy a guy as you'll ever see well Sam appreciate your time on this Uh, great insight and hopefully we can uh, 
find a way to get people to see the Ken Plain way if they haven't already. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all that they should. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you of the day. You may not share our intellect.